What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 196, featuring my guest Cabbage. He is the host of In the Patch with Cabbage, which is a local skate podcast here in Maryland. And he is a longtime staple of the local skateboarding scene here in the DMV. Uh, even going as far as going pro in the 90s when he moved out to San Diego for a bit. Uh, Cabbage is also a big time fan of music and uh, has played in many bands in the area, including Bulldust, Juice, Lumber, Melee, Withbrod, and Stone Dust Riders, who uh, Dennis of Sun Rider 9 also plays in. Um, I featured the song Stress by Lumber and then the song Gone Too Long by uh, Withrod. If you like either of those, they should be up on Bandcamp, and I dropped some links in the episode notes as well. Uh, but yeah, I gotta say uh, thanks to Cabbage for having me out to the Cabbage Patch, out to the ranch. Uh, he was gracious enough to invite me, and we kind of did a joint episode. So this is actually part one of our conversation. Part two is over on In the Patch with Cabbage, which also releases this week. So uh, yeah. If you're into skateboarding or local music or anything like that, definitely give Cabbage a follow. I'm sure he would appreciate it, and he's got a really good show. He's a highly entertaining interviewer and uh, certainly a great storyteller. In this episode alone, uh, we went for a solid uh, two hours, and we talked about his time traveling the world on skate tours, as well as uh, getting Shamu high while he worked at SeaWorld, and even uh, selling the OG VHS tapes of the old uh, Pam Anderson, Tommy Lee sex tape at a trade show. So uh, yeah, we definitely got into it. And uh, hopefully you get a few laughs, uh, whether you're friends or fans of his. Uh, it was definitely a good conversation. Uh, last few things, though, I usually mention before we get to the conversation. Part-time Rockstar Fest is happening again this year, the second year. It'll be June 3rd at Fishhead Cantina. Got a bunch of bands from the show. Should be a good time. Uh, there is merch for this show as well it's on the Shopify link in the episode notes. And then uh, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and running, and we're doing music videos for people around town. If you need any of that stuff, you can definitely hit me up. And then uh, Truly Strings is the sponsor of the show. You can find Truly Strings on Instagram. It's a guitar shop in Laurel, Maryland. Anyway, get to the conversation with Kevin. special in-person live episode out here in the sticks a little bit it's awesome i don't know what to, to call this whether it's a, a ranch or a compound <laughs> or a patch of course it's the patch man you're yeah. in the patch 
What's up, Brett? Thanks for uh, finally hooking this up, man. I mean, uh, we've been trying to do this for quite some time. Yeah, I'd say you hooked it up more than I did for sure. Because ah. <laughs> um, I'll I'll post a little video later on Instagram and all that stuff. But like, we're sitting here in a really cool like spot. It's like the band practice room, and you can just like feel the history. Yeah, in this like somewhat of a museum, right? Yeah, it's this Which, is technically like all the stuff that your wife won't let you put when you're married won't let you put in the house exactly she's like in the garage so fortunately my property had two two car garages on the back and uh when i bought this it's three acres so it's got a i got a little bit the way it's set up it's kind of like a compound and then my garages are away from my house so i can um i broke the drum kit out after so some hiatus when i first bought this and um yeah called up the old guys from the bands from back in the day and um and then hit the road running again after a little break but uh yeah that's a whole we'll get into that man that kind of that that comes down the road but yeah man it's cool it's cool to uh do this i think it's gonna be real neat i'm in i've been enjoying podcasting myself and mine's kind of my podcast in the patch with cabbage is about it I love music, so I do have a lot of my music friends on there. Um, but I kind of kept it about just all my different friends because I realized I drive a tractor trailer and I listen to podcasts, and I realized, man, like I know a lot of cool people. Like I, yeah. I can tell, and I love talking and telling stories. So I went for Christmas and bought myself like all this really good podcast gear and was like, I'm gonna do it. And I created a show and and then I realized I have a big history in skateboarding here in Maryland. And uh, so I decided to kind of start like coining myself the the skateboarding podcast of Maryland, you know, the home yeah. of Maryland skateboarding, so to speak. And uh, I, I use the term all the time, but Node I feel like is the most appropriate thing for people like us, yeah, right? Like who just kind of know everybody through right. this medium or another. Totally. Like I mean, like networking in general is yeah. a very like useful key in, in all aspects of life man i mean huge in music but it's just huge in like getting you jobs ma oh, yeah. getting you laid yeah, <laughs> whatever it is i mean everything everything under We're the social sun. creatures man yeah yeah and i mean and it's sad because you know the youth of today are struggling with that that's a big issue yeah, with i've heard i mean i struggled with it yeah i mean a lot of my I son in those ways does. i literally would not do this at all if i didn't have like severe struggles with it probably in the past wow that's cool so it's like almost working through like a therapeutic for you like do you feel well i mean i joke very literally that i this is just a massive latent transference of like pent up whatever from not being very social i think wow. early on that's why so it's just a rebound to not to me it's just a natural like organic thing where it's like well before i wasn't social at all and so now it's like okay kind of i mean and you're a and you you play lead guitar in your band right and well yeah but you gotta remember that's uh, it, that didn't involve talking or singing all right so now, but now you band. do solo gigs yeah. right <laughs> so when i was a kid even though i was playing gigs and being out i was just a guitar player man so i didn't have to like really right. engage. that's the drummer deal like we're just lurking singer yeah yeah, yeah. drummers and and singers you guys fuck but you know right right <laughs> but i mean hey man if you don't have a good drummer you ain't got a good band and if you don't got a good singer you ain't got a good exactly. band. <laughs> so exactly. we all know that but uh yeah man like I, I that's cool because when i think about you i listen to like, all, a lot of your shows and i find a lot of entertainment we we're talking about that but uh 
I can I what I've learned and taken from you as a podcaster has been it's almost the same thing I learned early on with drums and music. Um, you don't need to fill all the space, and sometimes drummers no. want to fill all the oh, space. Yeah. There's you nothing, know? we had this conversation in band practice yesterday, okay. and I'm like, there is nothing I would rather not do than tell someone, especially a drummer, not to play. But like occasionally, right. there's certain parts of a song where I'm like, man, maybe a couple of cymbal taps or something. But yeah, like, we just and pr- got to let this breathe for a moment. Per, and as a podcaster, this is something like I, I've taken this from you because you do you let a person finish their answer and then there's even a space in the air. And then you yeah. t- and and like to me, I am a hyper like on overdrive oh, yeah, I and I had to calm myself down to like stop talking over and and because I've now I listen to some podcasts and and I can hear the host doing that interrupting yeah. like just getting on and I'm exactly. like dude shut up let him answer the question yeah. the worst is a podcaster that asked you a question and then as soon as you start yeah. to answer answers <laughs> you're like no that's why when you invited me which by the way thank you yeah, yeah thanks really for cool doing this here, man but actually I, I knew this is your be- podcast this <laughs> Yeah, we're doing a two part. The we're second part of this will be over on my. Yeah. Uh, this, we we're should. crossing we it. We should yeah. start out saying that. Yeah, this yeah. Is, we're on the part time rock star podcast right now. Yeah, I man. Technically, I'm interviewing. Thank you, you for try. having me. But I, I knew this was going to be the in- easiest interview ever. Yeah, probably it, top first easiest interview <laughs> ever. Uh, might be you. We'll see. So Summer. far, it's trending that way. But you have Mike Schleibaum to beat of Darkest Hour. Okay, he's my all right. He did not let me get more than maybe four words per sentence. Well, in. I'm see, so, which just, I'm fine with. I, no, based uh, on what you just said, I want I want to have a of uh, my my. This is my fourth season for my show. Yeah, and I started off. Um, this will be. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly. This will be two or three or whatever. But my first episode of, for my show of the year was Justin Slagle from 98 Rock. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So JSS Morning Show for Baltimore people, and and the guy's like comedian. He's just he's a he does this professionally, like, I know. I mean, and and he's really good. Yeah. And so when I've been getting feedback and people are coming back to me like, dude, that was probably one of your best interviews yet because you. I, I've been taking all this in on my time off, like wanting to be come out this year, have a really good show, yeah, good content, and and just speak well and take like we just like what we're talking about. I I don't want to come because I've I've been on a I did this cross podcasting thing twice. Yeah. I've done it twice with a, a two skateboarding podcast, right? Exactly. Never music yet. And I got on there, dude. You haven't been on the nine club yet, right? I haven't been on the nine club, no. But I got on there. One day. Yeah, man, I hope so. That's a good Mm -hmm. one. But I got on these other shows, and I listened back to them, and I was a little bit horrified because I went, you would be like, that dude's on cocaine or something, man. Like, that. that's a, he's a meth tweaker guy because I sounded like a tweaker, man. I I was like, oh, shit, man. Because I have a lot to say, and... And that's why podcasting is great for me. I could probably do one of those solo like Bill Burr and just talk for an hour. <laughs> I think you could, man. I, I've heard other people do it, and I'm just like, I'm absolutely not the person right. to ever do that. That's why I started an interview-style show. Yeah. I thought I could be somewhat good at it, but just not, certainly not like going to be me tell a crime story. You know what I mean? Totally. But the niche that you are are 
get you know have gotten is i love the diversity i mentioned that to you when you got here like the diversity with your show like like the different types of artists that now you're venturing it's not all rock and roll you're getting like singer songwriters you're getting like the the country girl you're getting the edm guy the metal guy like it's just so it's really cool because as a guy who's just out to like listen and get some good entertainment and i love music i'm i like hearing these stories so it's really kind of cool yeah but but i hear what you're saying when you do get this one i i've noticed you've had a couple of your guests where you'll go you'll ask them a question and they'll go they'll give you that two-word answer and then look at you yeah, there's opposite You're like, ends. Um, of, shit. As, as someone else who interviews people, you know, there's opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. where, like, there's people where you can just basically press play and they are off to the races. Oh, man. And then there's people where you got to, you know, like, it's more like getting a cat to come home. Totally. You got to, like, be a little gentle and, like, kind of get, make sure everybody's comfortable, which is nothing against, again, being a little introverted. Yeah. Because I am too. You want to make sure that like someone's not out to like take advantage of you, which obviously we're not. Well, I'll tell you with but, this, this setup that I currently have here, it's for some people that I've had on the show. I've had two guests that have come in and been like, it's a little overwhelming, a little intimidating. The big booms, the stand, and I've had a couple guys who, before we went home, were like, well, they wanted to like, well, what are we going to talk about? Like, well, what kind of questions are you going to? Yeah. Ta- and they were really freaking having almost anxiety like and my wife knows about that and i like i literally made a phone call and i was like hey tor can you come out here for a little bit came out here and and met these guys talked to them the second year calmed them completely down next thing you know we had a great podcast so right like i almost had to hold their hand to get them going a little you know like but yeah, and like in person, I guess it's probably a little it's more, great. It's well, it could be a little. I could see how it oh, might actually be more intimidating than a. But like, I feel I a lot it's of Zoom calls, a so. better interview. Oh, it absolutely is for sure. You know, we're looking uh, at each other and I. We're toasting beers. We're sitting here uh, like yeah, there's 100%. no. Yeah, man. Like, I, uh, that's what was a real bummer about podcasting through the pandemic. I actually have to disagree. You, oh, really? You enjoyed it? I just thought it was such a godsend. Because, like, we weren't allowed to hang out with each other. So I was like, this is... I was bummed, man. This is my excuse to get together and have beers with people in the garage. Well, I guess I got to ask you then, like, if you've ever tried the, um, you know, the the video call or voice call. Okay, so I I have... um, I've gotten used to them due to the pandemic. I learned them for our band project, which I'm going to get into in a little bit. um, Because that was new to me for meetings. Um, But... I had that was my first time zooming was during the pandemic, but mm. I my interviews, my my setup, I kind of do them through. I'll do Facebook Messenger digital because those digital yeah. calls on there come through a lot better than yeah, a cell do. phone signal. Yeah, FaceTime actually works as well. So, so I kind of was doing that. Yeah, I was kind of doing it without the FaceTime because it was just not taking as much data. I think maybe yeah. it helped the signal be a little clear. So I sticks. So you know you got yeah. to put your own saddle. But like Justin said, man, like Schlegel <laughs> said, this he goes, dude. He goes, you know, I'm only six miles from the Baltimore Beltway. Yeah, I'm not far, man. You like, kind of are on the hill, so you would think you'd get decent signal. Oh, I get, but, yeah, I get a great signal out here. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, but like he, like he said, he goes, when you're on your street, you might as well be 200 miles away from society. <laughs> I, I thought I think that's the way to be, man. It's killer. I, when I had an opportunity to, to to get away, like I'm a city guy. I was raised in Baltimore City, yeah. And uh, and 
I had when I had an opportunity to actually, you know, I like have a job and be legit and get a, you know yeah. buy a house. I I found this spot and it's close enough that I'm, I'm I still go to shows. I'm still active in you know the city a lot. You, but you got it made in the shade because like you got you know the city in your backyard, but you're like tucked away, tucked out here. away. And like farm, horses ride by, I, I ride my four wheeler to the local bar. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> like, it's man. awesome. Man. That's the dream. Dude. It's awesome. Like, so it's a little bit of the dream. So, so, all right. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what your listeners just heard because this is kind of special to me. I had I asked you to open the show with the song called Stress um, because. It happens to be this year that that song is 30 years old, which is absolutely amazing. And you think a young man like yourself, that song was written, uh, I was in a band called Lumber in 1992, 93, and that song, we recorded it at High Heel Studios in Baltimore with uh, uh, this guy, Mitch Allen. From He was in a band, I think, called Honor Among Thieves or something, but then he was in SR-71. Nice. And that was his like project. And then, uh, so he was kind of like a pop rock kind of guy, but he was a really good music producer guy. And um, there was a compilation out of Baltimore called Baltimore, the city that breeds because there was a giant, uh, a push to get people reading in Baltimore. So all the bus stops and signs said Baltimore, yeah. the city that reads. Uh-huh. So they did a twist on a Baltimore, the city that breeds. Nice. And uh, so it was all underground music. And in the early nineties from, from like 90 to 94 95 i was in that music world in baltimore and we had a fucking great scene here dude yeah every night every night shows all these clubs i'd go out on a random wednesday night i i literally walked in the rev one time and i'm gonna have on my show paul hutzler who booked all those shows to rev it would be like lungfish all these other bands we saw green day yeah before the dookie album came out and we saw them, it was like 20 people at the Rev, and the Dookie album came out, and they played Baltimore Arena the next year. It was like, whoa, yeah, dude. They, we they we were we were witnessing. Well, 92 to 94, I mean, you could probably lay it on me as far as, like, the real-life experiences of what was happening. But, I mean, I always I was a kid. I was two. Yeah. But yeah. I think of 92 as the year of vulgar display of power. Yes. Which is my favorite band, Pantera. Yep uh hit it hard then but then like you said 94 that's when like all the grunge thing it changed like everything dude it was so weird like all right so i I, i'm gonna backtrack this because i i don't get to tell this story much but i'm gonna backtrack my musical like deal so i'm a little older i'm 51 years old i was born in 1971 i discovered my my parents my dad raced like stock car racing at place in elkridge called dorsey speedway yeah. uh there was like a lot of outlaw country music going on around my world Waylon jennings was my favorite richard petty was my hero yeah, like i was literally if you have ever seen Smokey and the bandit when Smokey when uh the bandit's talking to sally fields he's like have you ever heard of Waylon jennings yeah have you ever heard of <laughs> richard petty and i'm sitting there as a kid like these are my favorite you know and uh, so I was big into that until I discovered, I'm going to say what changed my, and what lit the fire for me with percussion and, and all that was I f- discovered an eight track tape and it was all brown weird. I could barely make out the cover and we had an eight track player and I put it in and it was, it was stairway to heaven. It was Led Zeppelin four or whatever. And, uh, 
and I listen to Stairway to Heaven, and then you know, dude, at the end when the drums come in, at oh, yeah. Stairway, I've studied that solo. For yeah, years. right. Yeah, so really once far. the drums kick in and Stairway to Heaven, it just took me, and I was like, oh my god, and I just fell in love with john bonham style of like i was like i was like wow so right then started my air drumming career like i was air drumming on everything and i mean legit air drumming that turned to pillow and bed drumming and i was a professional pillow drummer (laughs) i actually started on drums until my brother got better better than me so then then we could jam because i would just go i went to guitar right it worked out so i i got into that and then i wanted to learn guitar because i wanted to like Waylon Jennings and shit, right? Sorry. So, yeah. channel is mine, by the way? Uh, two. Can you just drop it down a touch? Drop you my, down a touch? Yeah, my... Is it in your ears or in your... Your volume to me is kind of loud. Okay. Like your, Oh, well, then you want to drop me. You, this is your... You yeah, how's mic. that? Like that a little bit? I'm still kind of deaf from last night. I was kind of standing... Oh, yeah. Well, you, you want these right kick. here, and you want... This is what you want to turn down. Yeah, I just yeah. want the whole thing in my ears drop. <laughs> Sorry again. I mean, my, my ears. I woke up with my ears like ringing. No, you're good. Is that okay? Is that I can go more if you want to turn it down a little more. Is oh, that yeah, that's something nice. like that? That's nice. That's, that's nice. Good. All right. Yeah. See, I'm deaf. The drummer guys, we have our shit turned. Yeah, up. Yeah, I know you guys. I know you guys all too well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drum- and then I wrote Harley <laughs> Davisons and like so. I'm just like super deaf. Um, Led Zeppelin kind of st- paved yeah. the way for me. And dude, the game changer for me was I rode BMX bikes as a kid. Uh, I went to a sleepover at this other BMX kid's house, and um, he had an in-ground pool. So went to a sleepover's house. I was like, dude, like I was from Baltimore City. We didn't have in-ground pools, right? So this guy, we go in his back in his in his basement. He has the pull-out big screen TV, the old school where you pull out the bottom and it's a projector of like lights. It it was, there was no such thing as big screen TV. So he had a in-ground pool, a big screen TV. We go in his bedroom. He's got a water bed, right? And then I look in the corner and he's got a drum kit. I was like, Oh, like this dude to me was like, like his name was Rodney Bailey. And like, I'll tell you, man, like it changed my, this guy has no idea how much this changed my life. The next Christmas I had a water bed, right? (laughs) But then, but straight out of that movie. But the next, but totally. But the next morning when we woke up on that sleepover, his mom comes in. She's like, Rodney, Rodney. She goes, come on, play the drums. And she cranks up his stereo and puts on the cars, heartbeat city. Yeah, and dude, and he plays like Magic or something, one of those classic Cars tracks or something, and he gets behind the drums and's just playing yeah. right to it. And I had never witnessed someone live playing drums, yeah. But I knew that I air drummed. I knew that I loved John Bonham's music. I and top pop top the top charts of music back in the late seventies were all it wasn't pop music. It was good. Like Aria speed wagons and like I mean, you don't have to tell me. Cla- it was classic rock. It's probably everything those, you probably I'm get. One of those weird kids, or I don't know if it's that weird actually. It's not that uh, if you got into music, no matter what era you're born in, it just seems like that it was that, pure. That era of music will just remain like like you said, pure, it's timeless like, too. Like you can put on. It doesn't seem to get even kids that are younger than me. You know, right? Like. I mean, you put on like Eddie Money shaking, dude. The 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 thing starts off sounding like it's gonna be a Metallica song. It's like boom, 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 boom. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, by the end, they're like, her tits were shaking. You're like, yeah, it's fucking rock and roll. Like, yeah. Eddie Money was rock and roll as shit. And Rod Stewart was rock and roll as shit. Those yeah. dudes were rock stars, man. Like yeah. they weren't part time rock stars. No, rock stars don't really exist. No, in the same way anymore. Oh no, man. Because there was a mystique. You know what? Part I thought about this interview, and I, the one thing I definitely wanted to say in regards to that is I agree with you. But rock star to me is a mindset. It's not even a thing anymore. It's like it's it's a way of life that you think about yourself. Like, and I and I don't mean it in a cocky kind of way. I mean, no, I like I you, if you think about yourself like in in on a higher level, but not cocky, like I'm better than you level, because that would make you an asshole. But if you think about yourself as like an artist and you think about yourself as a creator and i don't mean a content creator i mean like as a like creator of art music and even not not audio visual whatever you can be a visual rock star too andy warhol and these cats and like i had a guy on my show tanner goldbeck he's a fucking rock star man like and he's an artist and graffiti guys are rock stars like i also listen to a you know, butt ton of podcasts, and I feel like there's something I feel like I want to get off my chest real quick. Which do is it, like, man? Going building on what you're saying about rock stars and artists, like the the creative side of the mind does not apply only to art, as we like, you know, uh, contemporarily understand it. I feel like okay, like to me, example, so like engineering and physics to me are like almost more interesting, right, um, than art itself, but. To me, it's all kind of art, right? And I feel like we don't give enough like credit to that side of things. Yeah, people it's, think of creatives as consistently, at least on podcasts, it seems like for sure only applying to art. But it's like, dude, if you built like a badass computer program, architects, like, we walk around looking at or something you know? like that, or a video game, or God yeah, knows yeah. what. If you if you're Einstein, and it goes as far as equation, like, think about. Whatever astronauts yeah those dudes are rock stars man. i think of them as, i also think of them as artists oh right right you but I mean, I mean in the in the scientific world and and their whole space that they exist in and their their groups they are the elite they're the rock stars you know yeah. like in the trucking world where i'm at and 18 wheelers and shit yeah. there's like if every genre has the in the 18 wheeler world, the NASCAR hauler guys, the top, the NHR, yeah. those haulers that come by you with yeah, Chevrolet, Pennzoil, yeah. <laughs> all chrome, they're doing like 80 mile an hour. Cops don't care. No, you know, Dale they Earnhardt. Get the autograph. Yeah. Dude, these guys at truck stops, are people, yeah. the other truckers want pictures of their yeah. rigs. And wow. and I'm like, they are the rock stars of the highways, you know? Like, but like it could be a rock star or anything. You know? Exactly. So, like, that's my hope. My point is, like, I try to live my life like like in my own head that I'm a rock star and and that's what motivates me to that to find like ways like I have to stay creative in whether whatever it is to remind to remain sane to happy, yeah, to, to have to not be depressed like it's like I have to have creative outlets for a long time it was skateboarding um it's music those two went hand in hand it was i had to beat on drums i had to go grind something or skate something bust my ass and fall but and remind me i'm alive you know yeah. but like those were my outlets you know and and that's a good segue into like what i you know ultimately i'm 
gonna do my best here to step in and try to ask you some questions. Do it, man, please, because I'll just go. Well, this <laughs> conversation know. will go on. I know this feels like it's gonna be a Rogan length, <laughs> right? Which is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously my podcast centers around music, but often I get to chat the chance to talk about skateboarding. Mm-hmm which is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you are officially the first pro skater. I'm a, oh, really? Okay. On the show. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, yeah skateboard. Ask me away, man. I'll tell so, you anything. Besides your origin story of music, which we starting to touch on, starting mm-hmm. to get down. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't also just, you know, talk about the elephant in the room here, which is, I mean. To kind of parallel it at the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do all of it at once. But I mean, skateboarding to me, it popped off in uh, it. And skateboarding was huge, and and I've learned all this. I didn't realize it at the time because it was just a fad and a toy and everything. But skateboarding really, with the birth of the urethane wheels in 1976, changed skateboarding. 1976, all yeah. the skate parks started opening up. Urethane wheels were invented, it which opened up kids to be able to like actually turn on skateboards and not like hit rocks on clay wheels and triggering like old memories i have of someone else i used to skate with these boards these boards these all these banana boards i have i have them all up there these plastic boards are freeformers california freeformer uh the gts these were all the boards of the 70s and then then it turned to these logan erskis right here and things like that um But essentially, what I'm trying to say is, I, I discovered skateboarding was um, in Towson, Maryland. Uh, I had a friend, I had an older cousin who was a deadhead, yeah. and big time, big time deadhead. Sold weed, lived over in Rogers Forge, and uh, and he had the basement. So he, when I'd go see my aunt or spend the night and I stay over there, I was never allowed in the basement. But there was always a really cool smell coming yeah. from the basement, right? <laughs> but I wasn't allowed to go. I'd just go to the door and look down there, and be like, I really want to go down there. You could hear the parties going on and everything. But one of his friends showed up and left one of these plastic skateboards sitting in the backyard. I was like, what is that? And I got a yellow banana board, got on it, riding up and down the alley. And that's when I discovered rolling on a skateboard. All right. So fast forward, I, I did that for a little bit. Fast forward, I to- told you I was riding BMX and stuff. Kids in my neighborhood started riding like the next size up when the boards became wood and there was like yeah. kryptonic wheels. So I went to the, in Catonsville, there was a place called Easy Peddler. And uh, I bought a kryptonics board from Easy Peddler. And me and my f- neighborhood friends would all ride them. And that's where I fell in love with skateboarding. And then my best friend, this is his pro model board right here, Derek Krasowskis. He's got a couple boards hanging in here, but he's still a pro. Um, He went to school with me, and in eighth grade, I was like, you know, Derek was the shit, man. I mean, Derek, dude, he he went to, like, the Stray Cats concert in eighth grade with a ninth grader. You know, I was like, oh, man, you're the coolest, you know. Like, he was the coolest, but he was a skateboarder. And uh, so he, I, I kind of would go down Ocean City during the summer, and then I saw the Ocean Bowl on Third Street, yeah. and I begged for a uh, Steve Olson Santa Cruz board, who is a good friend of mine now, and been nice. 1978 Skateboarder of the Year, had him on the show. Um, awesome. you got to talk to Oh, I'm friends that's, with him now. Like it's awesome, dude. It's kid brain about is all the fucking awesome people you've talked to. Dude, that guy um, stories are fucking. I listened to at least one episode, I think, where you talked to him. Yeah, if you go to he's been on the nine club. Too, if you go on my, just, on my show to rock stars, that guy's a freaking who's that star. one? 
Steve Olson. <laughs> oh yeah, dude Olson. Like, dude, crap. go on my show. Go to Kona Day Two from Season Three. Kona Day Two starts off with Dave Duncan. I'm sitting in a room. Was that the one with Cab on it? Caballero. Oh, yeah, I listened to that. Yeah, one. That was a yeah. Great here's episode. Cab signed this board for me. That's awesome. Um, I was sitting in the room with Urethane, his band. We were in the green room, and uh, and Hackett Olson. These all all these guys, and then Steve Hackett's telling me stories. He won the very first ever Kona 1977 U.S. Nationals. He he flew there with Tony Alva. He was on Alva skateboards. That he won. They went and sold his board for a rock of coke. Party with all these fucking yeah, strippers and shit. And like he's telling me these stories. I was like, this is amazing. And I got yeah. fucking Olsen coming on next. He's like, ah, you know, we're just. I mean, I was like, this is fucking too good i did 17 or 18 interviews yeah, in two were, days you were cooking you <laughs> i literally had my shit set up on a stage at one point in kona and yeah. i'm just interviewing as they're coming through i interviewed the first the first ever z boy jay one of jay adams best friends jimmy Plummer. he's the first east coast yeah. z boy fucking had the most OG skater of the East Coast in my eyes. I had him fucking sitting right on that mic. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. But to, to backtrack, because I don't want to get ahead, uh, I fell in love with skateboarding naturally um, through the 80s, and it was really all of us kids found the uh, Pal and Peralta, the Bones yeah. video show before Future Primitive. Mm. And when we watched that, that, that made skateboarding like – a next level thing that we could all go out on our street and do and and so i became just engulfed in that world like pal and peralta and all that and just it kind of blows my mind too that you mentioned the like catonsville had a skate shop once upon a time yeah because i was not hip until the sunrider guys sort of made me hip to catonsville right right yourself that's how we met yeah yeah that uh so obviously shout out to dennis dennis and the sunrider crew but like yeah, I had no idea how cool Cadenceville was. And how a lot aligned, of skateboarders. How aligned it was with, like, me, because I grew up, like, slightly south or whatever, closer to D.C. rather than Okay, Baltimore. right. So Which had a great down. scene down there, man. Like, Yeah, but our shops was, I think our first shop was that one in College Park. Oh, was yeah, Attitude. Al- Attitude, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. That was a big, that was a yeah, that was legit a shop. shop. Yeah, man, they had, they had, that was a legit shop. Actually, last episode of my show, Schlegel was talking about a contest there yeah um but skateboarding just so i was a bmx racer i showed you like my trophies and all i I little and my parents were kind of bummed because i what i found in skateboarding was individuality i found being different beating my own drum and being doing it when accepted for what you wanted and along with that was the discovery of up until then, it was like I was talking about musically, but this is when someone hands me a cassette tape that's got black flag damaged on one side and minor threat on the other side. Yeah. So I got this cassette tape. I, it didn't have the names of the band, so I didn't know the bands the, the or songs, the songs or anything, yeah. but I knew I, I played that tape out, man. Like yeah. Stepping Stone, I knew all the fucking, like I'm just singing along all this shit. I'm playing punk drums on my pillows, yeah. and I'm, I'm asking my parents for a drum kit and for Christmas one year, I got a snare drum. They were like, well, we want to see if you like it. Oh, <laughs> shit. What am I going to do with this, man? Like, it was a nice snare drum, actually. It was like a super, maybe it was like a Ludwig Superphonic or something. Plus or minus a few more pieces. Dude, it sucked, fire. man. Like, cause there was nothing you could do with this fucking, like, but what I did do is, I didn't realize at the time, but I was learning rudiments. I was starting to 
double strokes a little bit, yeah. learning some flams, learning paradiddles a little bit, but not really know what they were. But like right. I was learning on a drum head now, mm-hmm. right? But it would get boring quick, and I'd be off to the next thing, right? So what changed for me there was twelfth grade. So so I I went to Catholic school like most of the people around this part of the uh, you know Baltimore. Yeah. And uh, skateboarding, I was skateboarding a lot. And then we'd cut, 12th grade is when I discovered like weed and stuff. And then we'd cut eighth period and I, I hung with these. You were a late bloomer. I, I was a late bloomer, yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, I hung with these grit guys because, dude, and I call them grits. They were like the long hair. I had a mullet. I believe in skateboarding we call it heshers. Heshers, yes. Yeah. Yep. This was before the term in hesher, but we were like, nice. we were called grits and burnouts. And yeah. But uh, I had a mud flap short in the front. It's like kind of spiky and long in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, dude, my whole world was like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Slayer. My room wall was covered in posters of like, you know, I saw I saw Maiden concerts at Capitol Center, uh, Damage Incorporated, Metallica, um, like I, I went and saw the um, Justice for All tour, Capitol Center, Anthrax, Among the Living was an amazing album for me, and then State of Euphoria. I loved Anthrax. I loved Nuclear Assault. Um, I loved King Diamond back then. We actually went and saw King Diamond then, which just recently had a birthday too at Network. So I was like a heavy metal, yeah, but I loved, still loved that Bad Brains. I loved that Beastie Boys. Like so. With skateboarding gave me the opportunity to be me and everything. I didn't. I could hang with the Heshers. I could hang with. We didn't really have hip hop kids then because hip hop wasn't it really, really exists. Right? Yeah, it wasn't even there yet yeah. because I watched that happen. Yeah. Just like I watched v, my generation, I watched fucking. I got an. I had a, my parents had a pong. I got Atari twenty six hundred for Christmas morning, nineteen seventy nine. The first year Atari came out for Christmas. I'm playing Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Asteroids, and it came with combat with the tanks and shit. And, like, I'm playing Asteroids. So I was like, I watched video games develop. I watched skateboarding develop. I watched all these awesome things from my generation develop. And then, you know, and I get into the 90s, and then we watched, like, the tide turn musically. I wa- yeah. We were just getting into Tribe Called Quest had come out, Leaders of the New School, Far Side, all this EPMD, all this crazy hip-hop became something so pure and, like, good, and it wasn't about, you know, of course, yeah, NWA. NWA did hit its mark. Ice-T's first album, Power, was, like, pretty raw, you know. But you that- listen to the, like, um, Rick Rubin podcast? Oh, amazing, dude. I didn't realize yeah. he made the fir- he literally made the first record. Yeah, with a, a DJ, yeah. unbelievable blew my mind. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm like that dude is so on another level of like love him or hate him. You have to respect that guy has like changed games constantly, like through music. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned love or, or hate him because he says that's actually the uh, that's the formula. He's like, if you don't, oh, it, really don't create something in art where somebody like bona fide hates it, but also like you create something where someone absolutely loves it mm-hmm. you miss your mark because like that's the worst reaction you can get is no reaction that's profound in so many ways because i think back to my youth and musically and so my come up with with music it was in the early 90s right like yeah. i said so what hit me the hardest and affected me musically was after i graduated high school i started 
that summer, we'd go to Ocean City, and LSD was a deal, right? So we're eating a lot right. of acid, right? The summer yeah. after my graduate high school. What year would this been? This has been the summer of 90. I graduated in 89, but it was the summer of 90. Sick, that I just got bored. <laughs> the summer you were born, dude. Yeah. Young, ca- off. Cabbage, young Cabbage has instant freedom. His right. parents were strict because I had a Catholic upbringing on, but now I'm like free man yeah. to roam. And I discovered well, LSD, weed, Ocean City. Ocean City. All my friends had a house on 7th Street, right? Yeah. Dave Grohl was on 9th Street with the Scream really? guys. Yeah, that summer. Yeah, yeah. Did so you he. meet him? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not like, yeah, we're not I mean, buddies, but whatever. yeah. yeah. Um, he's a big part of this whole, my things that I'm telling story with Virginia, with D.C., yeah, with Cedarcrest, with the band yeah. Scream. So... And scream! It, all right. So anyway, let me. I don't want to lose track of the story because it's epic. So that summer to me was very profound because I ate a lot of acid, and the guy um, Juice. There was a band called Juice, and Juice was all my all my friends, and they played instruments and music, and they they'd have parties and storage sheds, and we'd all dance and groove to it, and and but the singer and me had a lot. We we had a lot of trips together, but. That whole summer, I look back and like I was like mentally consumed with Black Sabbath. Like that I love I that summer, I was literally in col in the college of Black Sabbath. I lived it. I I listened to so much Black Sabbath. I just absorbed it. I became the biggest Bill Ward guy then. And I was a Bill Ward guy, and then like. I just and they would play Black Sabbath. Only Black Sabbath meant everything to me that summer, man. And so I be that was setting the trajectory for what was going to be like my like drive musically. Because what happened is shortly after that summer, we go into '92 and all. Well, there's this band called Helmet that comes out, and John Steiner or Steiner, however you say his name, the drummer and Helmet and Strap It On came out, and then Meantime and. The drums on that, to me, were absolutely amazing. When you hear "Stress," the first song that we opened the show with, you're going to hear a lot. That's what we were. That's what we were getting. Yeah. Quicksand slip had just come out, and Helmet was out, and so every, we were like that band of Baltimore with the start stop, you know, like. And it was about hitting as hard as you could, playing fuck like I I would try to break every symbol every show. I played with seven forty seven. Oak sticks. They were like these Tommy Lee ass sticks. My whole gig was to try to break everything when I played. And I was like, if I can break shit, like people will remember me, right? So I'm literally I I snapped a foot pedal on a bass drum in the middle of a show in Salisbury and and the pit was going crazy. I kicked the fucking I kicked the drum for the rest and finished the song just kicking the head because they had the i snapped the pedal in half man like stupid shit but it was just like it was so dumb like my knuckles i'd I'd split them on the rim like because i'm a rim shotter i like a flat stick crack 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 split my fucking knuckle i use white remo emperor heads the next day when i unload my drums after a gig all my heads are just speckled in blood, like because my fingers would cut on cymbals and because yeah. I just played like an animal. Yeah, but it happens. But it was awesome. But that. But what to go back to tie this back? What you said is I thought being I thought playing music my my thing was hit hard and that made you more of a man and that made people like your stuff and that 
I could have never played a soft song. I could have this new song that I'm going to debut with you today. It's like we just put out this week, two days ago. Um, I I literally got this completely in line to like give to you to put on your show. I just did this. This is the softest, mellowest drum track I've ever done in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time with this. Like it, it, when you listen to it, you're going to be like, man, he spends a lot of time with. No, actually, what I spent time with is actually composing the parts making space letting the song breathe spend more time on that or the mixing well i didn't do any of the mixing so <laughs> so but i did spend a lot of time on making this song like feel right with what i was hearing and what i was feeling and then yeah. so i didn't like a lot of times drum parts just come to me and a lot of the song did come to me but it took fine tuning and composing listening back saying you know stop hitting that symbol right there get off that so don't you know just play simpler on this just don't try to do too much on this high just be natural get a good crack on like i just completely analyzed myself to like make the so to me this is one of my most thought out proudest things i've done and it's not even that crazy it's like but it's it's the newest thing i've done we have a new album that is going to be out by summertime so it's right now getting all the bits and pieces tightened up and, and uh, uh so this well i don't know if we said the band name so this is a band called with rod all one word w-i-t-h-r-o-d with rod Bandcamp, spotify whatever you do yeah. so with rod was and and I skipped my whole musical thing here. I just skipped right to like the now. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured it would probably tie into Sunrider with Dennis for sure. Yeah, because I wanted we got it. I got to give Dennis some love right there. But like what with Rod, basically the way this came about is when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Um, our band kind of like went its own way. Our our guitar player moved to California. Dennis started getting really busy with Sunrider Productions. Yeah. And uh, so it kind of just, like, our band fizzled, and I was sitting here playing drums by myself, and uh, some friends of mine had started this online band where they were doing sending stems and files back and forth, and they'd made one record, and and sound really cool. It was cool, but it was it was different. It was, it, but it was like 90s, kind of grungier, heavier. I was like, okay. And they were like, hey, they asked me, hey, Cabbage, were, you know, you, would you be interested in playing with us? We just want you to like hit them hard like you do, and like, and and I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, so I discovered um, the recording process was all new to me using the this EAD ten, the Yamaha EAD ten. It's all like trigger system, but I learned how you can file share with it. It gives a pretty great, good enough recording that I send the I send my drum tracks to the bass player in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and he puts them on Pro Logic and then goes through and lines yeah. them up. And he's like, "These work. This doesn't. Maybe try this." And while I'm sitting at the kit on my phone sharing files, I'm like, "This is awesome!" Wow. Like ha ha drinking a beer after work, fucking yeah. recording a record <laughs> by myself. Like now, it takes away all the beauty of recording an album with friends and like. There's something to be said. It's I not. Say it's, it's not the same process. It's you know, different. they're both fun. They're know? both fun. Yeah, it's it has. A, it's a completely yeah. different. And for me, I've being a guy that's been face to face my whole life. This is a whole new deal for me. So, uh, well, I gotta so commend you on like keeping a, an open and creative mind to even be in this uh, ballpark, if you will. It was a little hard at first. <laughs> I had to I had to get make a lot of like calls to IT. <laughs> it's fine, man. 
But I had need a lot of IT calls on that one. Just because I do this podcast, I I got the plug and play shit here, bro. I had to do it too. Like mm. I had to find some guy on Reddit because there was a program I was using, and I was like, I cannot find the answer to my question anywhere on YouTube or the internet. Right? Wow. So I just Damn. found some guy. You had to dig. I dug. Yeah. And then I finally was like, dude, how much do you want? Just get on the fucking Zoom with me, <laughs> and ex- like I have this very specific question. And he was, it took four seconds and he was like, oh, you're talking about that? Okay. X, Y, Z, I'll fix it for you. Bam. Screen share. Done. So sick. And I was like, here's 50 bucks, man. Like, right. So sick. You saved me like hours of research, which I already invested. But oh man, that I mean, such the perk of the internet, dude. It's amazing though. I mean, like, like, I know, I know car mechanics hate it. You hate it and love it because we either fuck it up more and then we take it to you all fucked up or we're like, damn, I just fixed my car. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great for that. Every, every make, every model, everybody, there's some guy right now with his phone propped up against a spare tire making a video of how to change this. I just fixed my radio last week. Some guy in Ireland like had the the right, the perfect the same problem as me and like insane, yeah. You know, so um, so Withrod has been a real fun project for me. Uh, it's been neat. I put out one album with them. The first album we put out was called Rewind. Um, it's on all the platforms and and um, it was fun. We put it out during the pandemic like a year a or two ago. Years, yeah, with a couple years ago, and it did cool. It got play overseas it got on like we had we were getting messages like man we really love this i was sitting there hoping like damn what if what if at 50 years old i my ticket finally hits <laughs> like i'm like I mean, wouldn't that be awesome to go into ups and be like hey look i'm playing these festivals and uh i gotta go we all got that dream you know it's cool to dream man it's cool to dream. music guys and i know a lot of your listeners are just as talented we're all in it and the thing is you can't put a cap on it's art so we're all great in our own ways and but the thing is the bands that hit it's just it is very much right place right time right guys chemistry the right sound like i mean everything has to pop and i look the best example i know of this are my friends in turnstile and like it's happening for them right now blew up and and it was a little bit of everything in their music. And it was a little bit of everything we've been doing here in Baltimore for years. And and they they just had the right balance of putting it all together. And like now the w- when you see these this newest I just was looking these new festivals that are out, it's literally you know how the the font gets smaller as the bands go down? Yeah. They're on the top font finally. They're, it's Green Day, Gosh, Queens man. of the Stone Age, and Turnstile. And then below them are crazy bands like yeah. Bad Religion and like fucking awesome bands. I'm like, whoa, you guys are on the top fucking font? Yeah. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Definitely did. But, uh, you know, I have a, I have a Turnstile story. That Go was uh, Brendan the singer mm-hmm. uh, was my girlfriend's brother she is my girlfriend's brother well, not my girlfriend i'm sorry i'm married uh my girlfriend during the day de- during when this song that we played girlfriend during the day do- during during <laughs> i'm really fucking this up man these beers are kicking in bro fuck all right edit cut um the from back during lumber doing that song stress mm-hmm. my girlfriend during that time period right yeah and um we would go babysit and he used to listen to that song and i gave him his first pair of drumsticks 
And cool. he accredits that song, Stress, which you heard in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. That used to be his favorite song. That's and cool. I showed him drum. He used to air drum on his thing. Like, I have a little, and he acknowledges that. Like, he's like, yeah. dude, you gave me my first drumsticks. <laughs> and, and he turned out yeah. to be a beast. I am not taking credit for that fucking kiddo. He is a badass. Not at all, but but uh, I have pictures of me, like, throwing him up in the air. And shit. But it's cool to, like, see if. If you have an influence on somebody or something. And I did, like yeah, and it feels good, man. Like, I, I went to their opening show of that tour and uh, stood on in there and watched that like a proud dad. <laughs> I was like, I, I I know that it's not my, I didn't have anything, but in my own way, I pretended I did. I was like, dude, you're fucking killing it. I'm so proud of all that whole crew. Like, yeah. um, But to get back to what this recent, like, you know, as an older guy, this is where I found my thing right now so all right let's let's go in reverse order before i did this project my live band that i was playing with that we started in 16 i think it was was called stone dust riders yeah stone dust riders was a collaboration of uh i when i bought this property in this land i set up my old drums again i had taken a little hiatus from drumming and i called my old guitar player that i used to play with in the very beginning dude in the very fucking beginning in 1990 right we, we're old friends this guitar player is one of the greatest guitar players i know it's really fucking he's got his own vibe his own style he searches his own like stony kind of tones he's all about tones and tubes and fucking he yeah. builds tube amps and you guys then, played state fair right yeah yeah, yeah i feel like i've seen you and we played uh and the the you the, there's there's um, or was it the sunrider fest sun the the big cancel music fest yeah yeah there that video's on youtube of yeah, us yeah. doing that and uh and then there's a video of me and dennis playing with juice on there which right. is a really cool video man that was that was awesome I, it's funny because i didn't know dennis even played for such a long time oh man i'm like playing bass i was like damn man yeah he, it down. what's wild about dennis is people don't realize is he's played in tons of bands yeah. he's knows a but fucking he never ton. like mentioned it or right or right maybe i didn't listen and the, I, I don't know but. that guy you can be in a band with him and yeah. he won't he'll leave his fucking bass at practice spot yeah. He doesn't play it when he's not home, right? He comes back to fucking practice and goes right back to fucking playing the song. Like, yeah, he, he has this, like, memory. You know, like, most yeah. of us, like, it, it would drive Sean crazy. Sean would be like, dude, Dennis doesn't even take his fucking guitar home and practice because yeah. Sean would play all night long, every night yeah. playing guitar and recording. Like, and he's like, but, but the second that we plugged in and started playing, Dennis was right on fucking <laughs> and to follow Sean was pretty wild. So yeah. back in the day, Sean was very influenced by Fushanti, like the early red hot chili peppers, even Hillel before that, like, but uh, early red hot and Jimi Hendrix, dude, this guy loved Jimi Hendrix. So we had a cover band, well, not a cover, but it was original, but it was a lot of covers in there with that guy, Jeff Newman, who went on to be in lumber with me and Sean. And it was called bold dust. And Bold Dust was, we played a lot of, like, Catonsville, the party scene. We played a lot of, we started playing opening shows downtown for bands and all, but we were playing whatever we wanted to. We Originals mixed with uh, Jimi Hendrix. We played um, the crazy, stony Hendrix trip, like uh, 
like from uh, what's that Jimi Hendrix movie Rainbow Bridge? We would play like that's uh, like B sides, yeah, yeah, really cool fucking Hendrix. Thing. We played Butthole Surfers because we were all huge Butthole Surfers fans. Mm. Um, we played Fugazi, uh, just like whatever we wanted. But like that that band was you it. Never, never played any shows with Fugazi though. Didn't play any shows with Fugazi. No, yeah. but actually. That is a because Ian still lives around here. That's a future guest coming up on my show maybe this oh, season. Yeah, I got all that that's working amazing. right now. I'm yeah, so in I'm gonna take all this to the Discord house and do it down there. So, awesome. yeah, Mike, I, I had a guest on my show, Mike Map, and Mike's friends with all those guys, friends with him and Henry. You know, you, you know, Henry and Ian and all they're skaters, dude. They were like skateboarders. Oh, yeah. Like Henry wasn't Henry Rollins; he was Henry Gar Garfield or something. They're all doing. At least Ian, from listening to podcasts with him, he seems like he's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's really healthy and, like, you know. On a giant mission to get in that guy's head, so. That'll be an amazing interview. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on it, dude. I'm so like, on that. If you let him That talk. might be this season. Oh, fucking. <laughs> I will be like, I'll turn it. I'll just. You, I have a button here <laughs> where I, I think this is the one. <laughs> yeah, this is the one where I can just fucking <laughs> mute myself. <laughs> just, yeah, just leave that button on. Just force myself every time I'm not breathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah I, um De so dan like dennis stone dust riders uh, i made the call hooked up with sean we started writing original music we were all inspired by dude my favorite band of all time i'm just gonna put it out there right now is caius and i don't think i've heard of them yeah so i if you haven't and if you're listening just start at blues for the red sun and go to um uh welcome to sky valley and then the circus leaves town those three albums like just the the blues for the red sun and uh uh welcome to sky valley those two albums changed everything for me yeah. they became the catalyst for when i told you black sabbath was my world well in 1994 when i first heard caius that's all i i just was like well i just want to play that it's it's desert stoner rock music and they're the godfathers of it they're the god this was josh homie like, from man. queens of the stone age this was his first band and this is where yeah. he learned his songwriting skills and blah blah i mean you so, always find out about people's like yeah this is the trajectory for josh yeah. homie was caius and then caius um, they would go out to the desert and have generator parties everyone eating fucking lsd mushrooms and yeah, all i remember I think I listened to an interview with him and basically what you're probably about to say, which is like super influenced by the desert, like itself. Yep. They all grew a lot of them. They grew up out there and there wasn't Coyote much, but stuff like this. Yeah. And, and so he, he got really into guitar tones, uh, tuning it down, tuning down the D, uh, playing through bass amps, yeah. um, big bass amps and shit. Like he, they were all about heavy, and brant bjork who is just fucking the man uh shout out brant bjork happy birthday by the way just had a birthday this week but uh brant would just powerful big drums fucking washing out big crash cymbals and and when i first heard it dude i was like i was just laughing because i was like this is fucking amazing and 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 the funny thing is 
my wife loves Caius too. This is this is our number one thing that me and my wife have in common. People ask us like we've been at we've this is hilarious, but we've been in bars and shit. People are like like what do you guys like what do you have in common? What is your thing? And we both look at each other and at the same time be like, Caius. <laughs> We we sit out here and drink and turn on Caius and I put him on through the fucking PAs. <laughs> uh, I think I had the similar thought because uh, your, your wife seems like a very lovely person from the yeah she's very very short interaction. I feel like full seventy guys. stoner uh, tattoo black was, all black and white I ink. That was fucking my first thought. I look look at her. I look at you. I'm like. What are you guys? Uh, totally. Are you are you are you okay with are this you, man? Are you with him? <laughs> like, I don't know how I fucking did that, bro. Like I, well, I, I wasn't as big as I am now, but like I think the skateboarding might have helped. Big personality, man. I had a I, I had a lot of game when I met her. <laughs> big personality or big something else? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, not something else. <laughs> no, nope. I'm right there with the fucking rest of the world, there, man. Uh, I'm not the one inch man though. Hey, they Caius has a song called One Inch Man. It's fucking <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. But I really, really, really want you to uh look listen to that. Please do me a favor and yeah, while you're going yeah. while you're driving your car, especially, yeah. put on one of those Caius records and listen to it because uh it's it's that good, man. It's that you you'll you'll see where how Queens of the Stone Age came out. And then you know, after Caius ended josh homie did these things called desert sessions and he did all these recordings man there's all these cds volume one through two volumes three and four five and six seven and then that was the catalyst to create rated r queens of the stone age rated r Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know that album but just assume that's their big album no that was the one before the big big album was the one dave Grohl played drums on called songs for the deaf and uh, but the album before that, it's just blue and it's got a str- black stripe and it says r- the rated R symbol. Yeah, it's just called rated R. Hmm. So that album, dude, get in. Get yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I might even start stalking, harassing you, texting you till you tell me you're finished listening to these. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm gonna text you right away, Brett. Did you start listening to these? Till you t- till you tell me you've listened. Aren't you going to New York to play a gig tomorrow? Yeah, we gotta we gotta ride. Yeah, there you go, dude. Play, tell tell the guys in the van like, hey man, I got my guys. Like, you gotta listen to this. So, and if this if this if the Kaya shit's too heavy and too sludgy, man, it's not total doom, but it's like heavier. If that's too much for the guys, then then tries the rated R Queens of Stone Age record. Which all of us like heavy stuff. Although I I mean I just naturally feel like a outgrown is too strong of a word because I still love it. But you know, I feel like I do listen to mellower shit. You now. do, and well, your so. band's mellow. Your band's rock and roll. Your uh, band, I I try to put a finger. I really can't. Dis- I have call a, it mo- modern nineties. Is that? I feel that. I feel it's, like a gin blossom. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we cover. That's what we play. Do you? Yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> so, I I called that because I watched. I checked out some of your the videos because I wanted to check out the video stuff you were doing and all, and your the the. Mo- one you put out a couple months ago, the video, the song was about it's normal, normal, yeah, yeah. And I was listening, and I was like, it was like you, you guys tell stories on your songs, and oh, I was yeah, like, I mean, and sure. and not only tell stories, like you're thoroughly, they're like almost thorough sentences. You like one thing I learned in like creative writing was chopping any fat that you, any oh, words yeah. that you can chop I'm out all of about words, distilling things, down. and hot, and then it hides and tucks things in and but you're in that song specifically i don't know the like the rest i I, and i will and it's not a 
I, I will spend some time and check out your stuff. I want to see you play live, actually. So, but uh, we're probably gonna play together soon. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I'm working on trying to one of the Catonsville festivals or something. Yeah, yeah. And me and Dennis right now are actually. We got a little plan going. I'll tell you off air, but yeah, I heard me, there's an off air plan. Yeah, a little off air plan. We're trying to like get with this young singer songwriter kid. Enough, I'm sure it'll be on there. So yeah, yeah. But we just because I I'm like, dude, one of my best friend, one of my best friends and and bandmates is the fucking guy booking all the fucking festivals and shows in my area now, and I don't have a fucking band to play. With. <laughs> I'm like Dennis. We don't even have a band. You could put us on any one of these numbers. Like, we'd have yeah. gigs galore. We don't even have a band. I was like, let's fucking do bass and drum shit in a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, but we're going to, we're, we got some things in the fire. But um, to get back to, you know, I, I, I fly. I, I start going, up. Oh, there's a squirrel. <laughs> You're not bad at coming back. Some people are. Terrible. I remember where I left. People are pretty terrible. Yeah, you got to remember, like, nah, where you. They go off on the tangent, but then they don't come back. To, actually, I should really wind it back a lot because we went to <laughs> caius and all we should get back to hey like for me stone dust riders was yeah. a really fun band uh it allowed me to kind of to we all me and dennis and sean really liked that style of music and we wrote all it was original most all of it's sean it's all sean i don't want to lie i mean it's pretty much yeah. all sean and uh but what we talked about in the very beginning with when you said drummers filling space and you i as a drummer always this kind of ties into these two bands i as a drummer always respected the songwriter's vibe so i was open to for you to come to me we're playing and you turn to me and stop and go even just in the hey hey stop stop hey cabbage on that i'm hearing like smoosh tie hats a little more maybe not closed or or can you come off that bell a little more or can you do some toms through here and as much as i'll even be like and give you the stick and be like what are you kind of thinking they'll roughly be oh oh oh, yeah 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 because you wrote the fucking song you're hearing the shit in your head not me and i get the collaboration but like to, when you have a, a singer songwriter that's making really good art really good songs I, like drums like it gets depressing because dude everything's been done on drums dude you can't be some fucking well, like you can have an original yeah but theoretically music's already been done everything so are, how well, many chords like it's mathematically it's, like all done right like yeah, so it's just iterations <laughs> iterations right stamp and i mean you can hear you can pick out fucking any song in any part like i'll be listening to a song around but oh shit that's jimmy hendrix (laughs) you know um although i'm kind of hoping ai will like invent its own really cool new genre oh right break us out of our rut a little bit i don't know man my kid's up in the lab right now and he's fucking doing some pretty wild shit man i'll play after this it's out there Cool, um, but it's cool i dig it yeah. man he you know my son's actually he's 19 so he's into a lot of this like crazy like like japanese he's into everything but like this yeah. japanese genre shit and and like he's going back he's loving like his music sounding like ministry or something and then it breaks off to some fucking crazy shit and then it's got a little of this my chemical romance like gothy yeah. like he's i'm like this is pretty good Are man like in the band What's that? Are you in the band? No one is. He's a one man <laughs> dude. He's a fucking. He makes it all himself. There's your band right there, maybe. I know, dude. Be like, dude. Can we, me and Dennis be in your band? <laughs> can you see me and Dennis come out all goth down like outfits and shit? <laughs> 
he's like in the role, man. Like I, I'm gonna show you when we're done. But uh, so um, I I love I loved Stone Dust Riders, and then it gave me a chance to weekend gig. We played Maryland Doomfest. Um, it was awesome sharing a stage with so much talent, and and our the Maryland Doom scene, dude. If if you even begin to touch base in there, you your mind will be blown. It's huge. The Maryland Doom scene is is that associated? No, no. Death Fest is a whole other thing. thing. Maryland Doom is uh these cats up in um Frederick, Maryland, right? And uh that they they hosted up there at Cafe Six Eleven in in Frederick. Yeah, I've been there many times. They have a lot of shows up there. Like it's fun place to play. You should you definitely can gig there, Brian. Yeah, I know. Um, is there a kid named Dustin involved with that? No, JB Matson. I don't know if you know. Maybe. Well, anyway, JB is one of the corner. It's a whole effort because Doomfest is a big fucking three day, four day festival. Um, the best bands in the world, from the Obsessed to Pentagram, all the Doom. But when you start to realize what's around this area and Philly and shit, these bands, Earthride, Soulless, like I I could get on my horse about Philly for sure. Dude, oh my god! I had Chuck Treese on the show. He's like one of the godfathers of that Philly yeah. music scene, dude. Like he plays with G Love now. Mm-hmm. We've seen him probably at State Fair. Did you see the G Love show at State Fair? Uh, I think I missed it. Okay, I gotcha. had like multiple. Games yeah, you're day, always so I was doing like right. in and out. <laughs> this year, I'm telling myself I'm staying. I'm not playing a second no. gig that day. Right, right. Like I'm, I'm trying to like actually hang but out. But Chuck Chuck Trees is the fucking man. Yeah. He played with Bad Brains. Um, he he's he's just he had a band called McRad. Yeah. One of the most famous skate rock songs from a Pound Peralta video. The song called Weakness, mm. and it's probably one of the most anthemous skateboarding tracks from the eighties. And so he hooked up with Tommy Guerrero from the Pound Peralta, and like Tommy Guerrero plays music, and they travel. They go to Japan a lot and yeah. do a lot of gigs. But uh. So- I feel sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Get, get I, uh, I think I have like a really good uh, start to let's just say the uh, next section of this interview. First, I got yeah, because like, yeah, I yeah, pick your brain about like what you think about like you know the intersection of of music and skateboarding specifically. Oh, right, yeah, videos. yeah. We'll get because that'll be good for, for my listeners over there. Um, um, I mean, we can. I'm not even saying no, no, because that's what our, this was our goal was I to try to do an hour and an hour. So we're uh, right I around think we an keep hour. Going on on this episode, I just got to take a leap. Yeah, go for it. Let's take. Let's both take a leap. We'll come back and wrap her up. And yeah. And we're back. And we're back. Nice little uh, go water the plants out here. Yeah, this is the old outhouse. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what's also like kind of near and dear to my heart is like is music and skateboarding together because I could think of you know tons of bands that I became fans of because of videos, you know, videos, and then the youth of today have discovered so much music because of the video games video game is probably you're right like the biggest well you, and now <laughs> there's actually there's actually cover bands that are tony hawk pro skater cover bands they play amazing. the soundtrack yeah dude i might hire them and now, <laughs> are there any around here <laughs> uh, no they're in california unfortunately in europe i think but uh the one that just recently tony had them out for the never soft something that for the re-release yeah. or whatever and uh they played and they Tony Hawk got on stage and sang with them and sang like uh, 
What's the what's the melancholy song? No yeah, cigar, or whatever. Or, Yo, yeah, the Goldfinger. That's what he did. He yeah, did, yeah. yeah. Superman, yeah, sure. Superman. Yeah, that was badass. What um, I I did want to ask you about that. Like you you you're into that. You like all that like punk from that that pop punk stuff. Do you like those bands? Lagwagon, um, yeah. No Effects. Did you did you get any of that music? I guess again by definition, I would have been a Hesher. I think like my biggest like. I liked Black Label um, for a long time, like skateboards. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So because, and Zero. Uh-huh, because yeah. Because they had, like, the music I liked. Right, right. Because they had more, like, that classic rock. Oh, thing. yeah, Zero with coming out of the Rolling Stones part, Adrian. Yeah, so at the time, yeah. I'm, like, learning guitar, and I'm like, this just fits perfectly. So totally. in a weird way, I almost didn't listen to the music of my own age as much. Okay, right, right. Like, I, that's what I was like. I'm, I was surprised that you weren't into that whole world a lot of my friends were but i just thought it was blink and stuff you hear i hear this from so many of your guests like so many of your pop punk guests are just so inspired like by blink and stuff i'm like yeah i mean who's who's not but there were a lot of bands where we just but i felt like our friend group thought they were weak yeah yeah compared like you hear a sabbath song and you hear a lag wagon song you're like totally but but i'm gonna tell you what so i'm gonna tell you a great story for your listeners so i was sponsored by a skateboard company called gravity skateboards i was gonna ask that was another big question yeah so all right so i'll I'll, go yeah gravity's still going but it was sold out and then it kind of got Chinaized and or whatever happened to it you know it's not anything that happened to be at the time i'm gonna give you a cliff notes of that that story because for your listeners or whatever basically i was living in i moved to san diego um after the late 90s moved there in 95 right place washington street oh yeah yeah now i was in mission beach and uh and so um i quit smoking weed for two months to get a job at sea world right (laughs) that's pretty funny (laughs) yeah man and i worked the late night care the concrete care team at sea world which basically was a pressure washer or a hose in the Shamu Stadium or the Dolphin Stadium, spraying down seagull shit off the seats all night or whatever, you know what I mean? So, but it was cool because I just put on headphones. I'm in SeaWorld, and it's dark, and it's just, That'd like, creepy and trip, weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, so once I got the... All right, so I'll tell you a fucking... I'll tell you a Hopefully piece didn't of drop acid in Shamu's tank, but well, I'm going to tell you a good Shamu story. I'll share. <laughs> See, I'm sidetracking, but in a good way because if your listeners God, have is, never heard this story, man, these are what we're here for. Okay, so here you go. So I'm at a party in Mission Beach. This guy, we're smoking weed. This guy goes, "Yeah, man." He goes, "You work at SeaWorld?" I was like, "Yeah." And uh, I, I was smoking weed again, and I skipped right past how I got sponsored and all. But I'm going to backtrack to that because this story is epic. I go, yeah, man, we smoked some weed. He goes, yeah, I work over at Shamu Stadium. I'm a night watchman. And I'm like, oh, really? He, I go, yeah, I'm a night concrete care guy. He goes, yeah. He goes, you ever see me? Stop by and, and we'll smoke one. He goes, I always got my dugout. And I was like, yeah. killer. All right. So fast forward a week or two or whatever, and I'm walking by. I see the guy. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, come on back. I go backstage, Shamu area. There's a small out where the the whales can come up in like two or three feet of water up on this giant like they come up there to like you know for grooming or whatever the fuck it's you know yeah. but anyway long story the, the guy gets the fucking whale in front of me right and we got a hose 
and he hands me the hose he goes just squirt them in the mouth he likes it <laughs> so i got the fucking hose and i'm i'm like from me, me bro. i'm i'm from me to this workbench yeah. squirting in Which, a mouth uh, for listeners is maybe six feet so, yeah six, and i wasn't trying to get much closer because the fucking ma- the tongue was about as big as a vw bug like yeah. it was like <laughs> and the tongue's wiggling and and he's got just teeth each one's like this bit like big fucking teeth so i'm he's like yeah squirt his tongue he likes that i'm squirting his teeth and i'm just hitting him and and he's packing the fucking one hitter up so he packs yeah. the dugout takes a fucking hit and he does singing and then he packs up another one he hands it to me and he takes the hose and so now he's squirting the hose and i do the fucking one hit i'm holding in him and i'm just looking at this fucking whale right in front of me and i'm like I just blew the smoke right into fucking his mouth, man. The whale slowly just backed down off the fucking thing and went down in the water and was just cruising. I was like, dude, I think I just got Shamu high. So the next day, I called my friends back in Baltimore. I was like, dude, you're never going to believe this, man. I got Shamu high last night. They're like, what? Shut up. I'm like, I fucking got Shamu high last night. <laughs> Serious, man. It's a true story. So that was epic. So I got Shamu high. But before... So here's how this, the skateboarding thing went down. Um, I quit smoking weed for two months to get the job. Once I got the job, then I started smoking. But yeah. when I first quit, okay, when I got the job, uh, it was an e- a couple weeks after I had the job, I realized, hey, I can smoke weed again. It was like an Easter or something. And a buddy of mine lived a, a, a house or two up, guy we met out there, surfer, bro bra guy, and, uh, and he worked at the local skate shop. And he was like a surfer guy, long hair, you know. And uh, he had these longboards, skateboards. And that day was my first day smoking weed again. And it had been like months. So I, I did these two big bong rips. And I walked by his door. And I'm like, hey, what's up, Woody? And I'm fucking high as shit. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? And I was like, dude, can I ride one of these things? He's like, yeah, take it for a ride. So I get on this fucking longboard. And in Mission Beach, it's all these alleys that are like almost V-shaped, perfectly smooth with yeah. little palm fronds hanging over i next thing you know i'm surfing the fucking earth on this longboard big soft wheels you can carve no wheel bite i mean i'm like fucking surfing dude and i'm so high i'm like this was i was having the best time of my life (laughs) i was like completely soul surfing barrels under fucking trees great moments it was just i'll never forget it it felt so good so i take the board back and i'm like woody that was awesome, man. Where do I get one of these? I want to buy one of these. Yeah. And he's like, dude, we saw him at my shop. He goes, come on by. I'll hook you up a deal. I was like, cool. So I get my money together, and I go by the shop, Soul Grind in Pacific Beach. Go to fucking Soul Grind. He hooks me a deal on a board. Stoked. Riding my board. I'm cruising around. But now I'm getting real comfortable, and I'm hippie jumping shit, you know, where you jump over and let the oh, board go the let the board go under, and you jump over and land on it. I'm I'm kind of I'm always been like the class clown circus act, and if I can get yeah. people watching me, I'm gonna do whatever. I, I mean, never really asked you what type of skateboarder you were. I mean, at the time, everything. I know that like maybe there wasn't was there street versus vert and well, all that by then. Yeah, so that, that all panned out. What we went I mean, through that in the night in the early nineties. That was when you were pro, right? So no, no, no. In the early nineties, I was traveling. Derek was my best friend was a pro vert skater. Okay. I was an amateur. I skated in the amateur mini ramp. I was a mini ramp champ. Oh man. So That's I how we gotta get the mini ramp going. Man. Dude, I'm a, I grew up with one in my backyard. I'm a well. mini ramp champ. So like I skated in the NSA mini ramps and and like my heats would be like 
Andrew Reynolds, uh, who's man, I had fucking Andrew everybody. Reynolds on the, Will, on Will, the mini ramp? Yeah. Willie Santos. Like he's still kicking those massive front side flips. Oh yeah. He can still the boss. He's still front side flipping. Well, I know he does now, but I mean I don't think no, he's he still skate a mini ramp. Not massive. No, back then we all skated everything, but mini yeah. ramp that in, in Atlanta that year, man, him, fucking everybody. So anyway, Derek was my I was a coattail rider. Right, because mm-hmm. he he was opening the doors, bro. Because he was a gnarly top vert skater, but he was my best friend, and I was his sidekick. So he was, I was, if there's such a thing as an A list celebrity, I was the D list guy, fucking packing bowls, but hanging with the yeah. fucking A list guys, right? And that's how that was how my skateboarding career went. So when I went to San Diego, I moved there with my drum kit because I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> That was always that was always the dream, right? I wanted to I wanted to be you in Smashing it. Pumpkins at yeah. that point. I was like, that was my favorite thing when when Siamese Dream came out. I was like, this is my favorite fucking drums ever, right? When that record, and uh, and same with the one before Gish. Like I love the fucking drums on these two records, man. Jimmy Chamberlain is a monster. So. I moved to San Diego, but I had my skateboard and I skated a lot. And I was just riding your typical popsicle skateboard, right? And I was just meeting people. So some of the first people I met were the Creature guys with Sam Hitz, Darren Navarrete, and all these guys. Creature's been around that long. They weren't Creature then, no. So what uh, I, so I'm, saying, I'm calling it that so you know who I'm talking Creature's about. new. I mean, now, to me. Creature had a run early on. Creature. Okay. Yeah, Creature was rebirthed by Darren Navarrete, and he. Okay, and I'm he, familiar with the rebirth. I was yes, and the rebirth that. would have been around 99, 98, 99 is when he started bringing it back. I still have like a Creature shirt that I wear all the time. Oh, so. it's the greatest brand. The their their art well, is sick. It's actually, still crooked for some reason. You like crooked? I think it's because of Bobby Morris. Oh, oh, right there you go. Sick, sick shout there. out. Right, you know, nice, cool. We got to get him on the show, right? That'd be. Oh, you haven't talked to him yet. Mm, he hadn't been on the show yet. That you have was, his number. Uh, I don't, but I know I know how I can get a hold of him. Yeah, but you should yeah. definitely have him on here for sure. Like, for sure, he's definitely invited. It's hardly as like you, I think. I've skated. I've skated with him when I had a skate shop in. Uh, well, I was part of a skate shop in a skate park on Pulaski Highway called yeah. SOC. If you remember, State of Confusion. Yeah. Over oh, actually, I don't. Over right. on Pulaski. Okay. okay. So, um, all right, let me finish so, this story because yeah, I, I got to get this out real quick, man. So, I take the board. I'm hippie jumping shit. I'm getting circles people during the sunset watching me do all these fucking cool things. And I snap the board. Mm. And uh, the board breaks. I'm like, oh, fuck, man, fuck. And I take it back to my buddy. He's like, dude, he's like, if you call the comp, the factory is only like five exits up the highway. Yeah. Here's their number. Give them a call and maybe they'll replace it under warranty or something. So, I. I look it up, I call him, blah, 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 borrow a car. I drive to the fucking factory in Salona Beach. It's in San Diego, but North County. Yeah. And they, I take it back. They give me another one. Killer. Rad. Guys were cool. Nice. Everyone gave me another board, swapped it out, put a new deck. Riding that a couple weeks later, guess what? <laughs> Snap that one. So now I'm pissed. Now I'm like, fuck. Maybe I can't ride these things. You know, maybe I'm too much. So I now I know where they're at. So I take it back to the warehouse. Well, I get on. They get. They're like, "What are you doing on these?" And I was like, "Just tricks and yeah. goofy hand flips and shit." They were like, "We have a ramp out back. Come on out back." Mm-hmm. So they give me a board. I go out back, dude. I started lighting that motherfucker up. Backside bonuses, frontside finger flips, sweepers, mm-hmm. lean the tails, fucking backside crails, all these fucking gnarly tricks. And these, they're the guys like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." 
and he's like, hang on. And he goes in, he gets the owner, yeah. the team manager guy. Like, next thing I know, I'm putting on a demo for the whole fucking mm-hmm. factory, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, dude, do you want to be sponsored? For, for the skate nerds, uh, what what size mini ramp are we talking So about? I'm riding on, no, no, no. I'm riding on foot. like an eight-foot bank ramp that's rounded at the top, like a big wedge. That's kind of weird. Right? Because I guess those were common it, it was the reason it was common is for a longboard company, it was a giant wave wedge. Uh, and yeah. you could pop up an ollie and like a surf. You know how big a longboard is? Yeah, you pop out and it looks like a surfboard. Not at all. <laughs> and and you land and with the rounded lip, it was almost like worked for the longboard. So uh, it was a see. wacky fucking yeah, wedge ramp. Strange. But it was about seven or eight foot tall. So I'm fucking doing a demo. They were like, dude, do you want to be sponsored? And I was like, well, you're going to give me this board for free? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I didn't mean to get sponsored, but it, they were like, dude, now you get everything for free. I went back yeah. to my fucking my room that or my place that night. I had stickers, T-shirts, backpack filled with stuff, boards, this side board, this side board. Like, my roommate's like, dude, what? Did you rob the place? And I was like, dude, I got sponsored. Here I am. I'm like 24 years old, 25 years old in that whatever, either or, but I can't remember. But I got sponsored. So I didn't mean for that yeah. to happen. And I didn't mean for it to be a longboarding company. I thought your story was a little bit the opposite. I actually thought you were like more like skateboarding kind of happened for you first. And then you were. Nope. It, it was an accident, dude. And then what happened is I was working at SeaWorld. And then they started saying, hey, can you go? They, Gravity and Sector 9 were, like, blowing the fuck up. And this yeah. was 1996. And in 1996, longboarding was really becoming. This is actually right before, like, the death of, like, everything, right? Well, no, because in 1995, right when I got there, X Games started. Okay, I'm thinking of back more like 92 then. Yeah, you're thinking. Yes, Tony Hawk's book, and he said there was like a there was a gap, and it was ninety nine. It was like ninety one or so to ninety four. It was like pre X Games. Yes, I thought X Games started in like ninety nine. No, that was when he did the nine. But ninety five was the first X Games, and then then that's when the momentum of skateboarding started to shift. So what people don't realize, a lot of like your generation was still a little too young to understand yet, because. Where it really got the wind and the boost was when Tony Hawk did the 900. Oh, I mean, I'm very familiar with that because, like, my first board or my dad got for me. Literally, oh, we watched the X Games. We by watched the way, him do- that's Tony Hawk's skateboard. That's it. He was riding it. He gave it yeah, to me. Birdhouse. No, that he was. That's his board. Oh, literally. Yeah. See, wrote. See where it says Tony Hawk down by the wheel well. Oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. No, we were skating together. I actually had a. He gave me that. Tony, <laughs> that's his board. Like, Tony signed my first board as well. It was like one of the old. Yeah. Birdhouse Hawk board. No, that's Tony Hawk's skateboard. That's badass. Man. <laughs> he was I feel like I riding it. <laughs> a lot better just by touching it. Yeah, now. keep it under your feet while you're talking. Maybe you'll t- maybe it'll, yeah, it'll give you some. <laughs> I'll remember how to. But no, that's Tony's board. So because we became friends, and I lived in Encinitas, and then I because of Bucky and everything that all ties in, and like, yeah. All right, so the, the what happened though? The cool thing about the story is longboarding was growing in popularity but skateboarding was growing Mm -hmm. so there was these things called trade shows action sports retail asr trade shows yeah they were the fucking party they were the biggest fucking thing in all the industry every company every backpack every were they always in california no they were they had them in florida okay and san diego and long beach like for tampa it'd be orlando 
Okay. So, and there was a thing also in Orlando called Surf Expo that was huge. So we had, we'd go to Orlando for ASR and Surf Expo, and then we would go to uh, Long Beach and then San Diego. The ASR shows, all the, like, black flies would get the strippers, you know, there'd be porn stars there, like... It was just a stupid party. Miami's not far away there. He probably got some good blow. It, right, probably. Well, dude, <laughs> he, I got a fucking story for you, bro. I, I have, I, I, I went to a trade show. I'm looking for it. It's up there somewhere. I'll show you on the break. I went to a trade show in Orlando. We flew into Jacksonville. We met up with a guy. Is uh, I'm just going to kind of maybe leave his name out of this story, but he's the man. Probably for the best. Yeah, he's the man. He's, I'll tell you all very, he's one, he's one yeah. of my fucking favorite humans. He still is. And uh, he had a video production place there. He takes us in there. We're on tour. We're about to go to this trade show. He goes, hey, dude, you want to see something cool? And he takes us in the back room, me and my friend Brian, and he shows us the Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee video. Which back in the day was like, a big deal, right? It was huge because yeah. Baywatch was the shit, and yeah, Pam was like Anderson the first real like pop star goes porn, right? For it was probably one of the hottest chicks in the world at that point, yeah. and all of a sudden you went from seeing her in Playboy to like seeing her get pound pounded by Tommy yeah. Lee and his dick's longer than this table, like it's <laughs> crazy, dude. And so the guy showing us this video, and we're like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" Yeah. So. We were like, dude, can we get some copies of this? Well, he had bays. He had he was a video production guy. Like he had a whole professional. He had a TV show there, and yeah. he had bays of fucking VHS at the time. It was VHS. So he fucking he was like, well, I can sell them to you for two dollars a tape. And <laughs> so you just sell them on the road as merch, <laughs> dude. We put all of our money in. We put a, it was a couple hundred dollars. How many did you buy? We bought two backpacks full. Right, <laughs> that's amazing two backpacks we show up and we show up in orlando at a trade show we walk in there yeah just like right you, you, first fucking thing we do we, we're like where's the yeah. biggest fucking trade show booth quicksilver yeah. there you go uh-huh. walk right over quicksilver fucking they had everybody had a sponsor they everyone had like tv setups in their booths and because oh, so sponsor got, me people you, you slapped it in the we went right over to some reps and we were like hey have you seen the Pamela Lee video yet? And they're like, you got it? They're like, dude, they were like, let me see. And we put it on yeah. a second. Yeah. Every fucking dude in that area right to the TV. Dude, you got it? We got it for sale. How much? 20. We, did, we were stupid. We were stupid. Yeah. We did 20. Yeah. 20 bucks, right? 20 bucks a well, tape. Back then, that was like $100. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was 97, 98, yeah. something like that. 20, we bought it for two bucks a yeah, tape. Yeah, so that's pretty good. So, pretty good turnaround. So, and, and the guy even made little stickers. They say Pamela Lee. Put them on the edge. Like, he printed yeah. out. They're just black and white. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so, dude, I'm not even kidding you. In, like, two booths we went to, yeah. done. Empty backpacks, ton of cash. Let's party. Yeah. And we were like, should we drive back to Jacksonville and get more? Like, we could have just sat there. Yeah, but at that point, we were like, you know what? We Fuck just yeah. party. Woke up. Woke up the next morning on a hotel room floor, mouth drooling on the carpet. I'm in between. My face is smushed against the carpet in a hotel room. I'm like, fuck, I'm drooling. I wake up. Like, oh. And I roll over, and I look. I'm, like, sleep on the floor, all my clothes. And I look over to my buddy next to me, and he's he's laughing. He's, like, laughing. He's just, like, laying back down. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, dude, I just stuck this girl out of here. He goes, 
I banged this girl all night right next to you. And he's showing me his knees. His knees were totally rug burned and shit. He's like, we were fucking cracking up. You were snoring so fucking hard. We were like punching you and shit. And you'd stop snoring for a while. And then Going fuck back it. to the sleep apnea that we started on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, so, I think the microphones were off for that conversation. Oh, but right, right, man. It's all coming for full circle. Full now. circle. But, yeah. yeah, so, like, that that's that's just a testament to the party we had after yeah, that yeah. night. But, but when we were on the road for the, these shows and all this thing, like, this is how big it got. We'd be at an event yeah. like that, and then the owner would come to me and the team manager and go, hey, can you guys fly to Seattle? Yeah. pick up a van go to burnside we'll meet we'll meet you at burnside then we're gonna drive and do a tour up to vancouver to slam city jams yeah. we'll videotape all the skate parks in in Va- vancouver the 13 year old of me is so excited to hear this because this is like the dream that you yeah. read about so now it thrashing. it happened so yeah. now i'm in the airplane i'm flying yeah. around i have no money my bank account has no money in it but I got a fucking credit card that says yeah. Gravity Skateboarding Company. Yeah. And they're like, everything's written off. Mm-hmm. Fucking beer, parties. We really this is this is all we drank. Sam Adams Blue Label. They had Sam We Yeah, man. Sorry. Yeah. Different Keep Um Raging. Text message. Or not te- we didn't have text it. We get a we get a message. Hey, can you guys fly? I know this is short notice, but can you guys fly to Reno? we're going to sponsor this event. We're one of the headline sponsors and it's like, yeah. uh, this band Foo Fighters and run DMC. And we need you guys to go. You're going to stay in on a special floor with the bands and you're going to have your own hospitality suite so for you after have, the show. I've hung out with Dave Grohl. Yeah, well, he didn't show up in the hospitality suite. I didn't no. get to hang out, but I did hang out with run DMC. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so that was cool. But twice, you know, well, I didn't hang out with the second time. I actually skated, a demo in Las Vegas with Run DMC had a half pipe hard rock hook his hotel and casino had a half pipe on the yeah. side of the stage while Run DMC played we were skating the mini ramp yeah the old old skate jams oh it was killer dude and then like I got a golden ticket for that shit right like I had a golden they were um they were to, the VIP tickets were you opened it up and it was two turn golden turntables mm-hmm. and uh I had them and I <laughs> dude another crazy story the guy that invented op ocean pacific back in the 80s it was the biggest fucking thing ever like i became friends with his son they started a clothing company they were like we want to go to fucking magic trade show the biggest fashion trade show in america cabbage will you drive us we're gonna go pick up a brand new limp a brand new cadillac and I want you to load the fucking trunk with as much beer as you can fit in there and get as many porn magazines as you can. And they fucking, I load this car with beer and porn and I drive a Cadillac to Vegas with these fucking big wig, like, uh, fashion guys. We get there. We're eating fucking sushi private, closed down restaurants. We're staying at the top of the stratosphere. We're partying. I got these fucking tickets. I'm like, what do I do, man? I don't know anybody. They're like, go find a chick at the bar and fucking take her. I go find a chick at the bar. I'm taking her in the fucking uh, to see Run DMC. As the night goes, I'm skating with the band, getting fucking wasted. We got these golden fucking wristbands. Everything's open bar. Next thing you know, I'm in the valet on the hood of the fucking Cadillac making out with the chick. And the dude's like, you can't bang her here. You can't bang her here. Like, yeah. rock star shit at that no, we, point. We have you know? the sound bite that we need to, to start the show. 
I what might, I might lead off with that little sound bite later. Oh right, <laughs> draw people in. Yeah. Full rock star shit. Like it wasn't part. It wasn't part time rock star at that point because uh, because then shit like that would pop off, and then I'd get a phone call. Yo, cabbage. A week later, can you go to Japan in like two hours? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I don't got any money. You don't need any fucking money. Can you be at the airport in two hours? Yeah, let's go. I'd go to the fucking factory, take a backpack. And just go down the fucking rows, all yeah. brand new shirts for like week. I, every shirt I ever put on, I pulled out of a fucking plastic bag and put it right on like for like months. I fucking go to Japan, right? We would snip the fucking, the riser pads and riser pads on longboards are kind of taller. I got yeah. some somewhere. We'd snip the fucking tin snip, the middles out, get a fucking, get a quarter of fucking bud, triple bag. It's hard to get in Japan, by the way almost impossible to get it yeah well and dude i wouldn't even fucking come near doing the same work this is pre 9-11 like impressive that you're able to snag it took took we to japan and then when we got there we wouldn't take any tools nothing like that and and what we do is go get an apple and then we just smoke out an apple old school apple so good dude just good nugget out of apples and so we'd smoke out apples and one time a trip to japan i took it in shampoo bottles this was pre-9-11 so you could put that shit down in you full size weed and shampoo bottles to japan yeah full Damn, size dude. shampoo bottles you got some big nuggets on you yep yeah i mean i guess pre-9-11 pre-9-11 dude chill. we we got sponsored at one point i was sponsored by a glass bong company called jerome baker designs jbd the fucking most beautiful glass bongs that were made they would give us free bongs and glass bowls and yeah, bubblers man. and shit so I had a buddy back here whose old man was a weed guy, and I, I wanted to gift him for Christmas one of these beautiful pieces. I fucking got on an airplane in San Diego with a brand-new glass bong, never smoked out of so it was brand-new, in a baggie as a gift, but I didn't want to pack it because I wanted to break, so I carried it on. I had a fucking quarter of fucking bud in my pocket. Yeah. Walked right through the... Fu- they they looked at it. They laughed. They go, "Are you serious?" I go, "It's brand new. It's a gift. It's a water yeah. pipe for my friend's dad." And they're like, "Go ahead." And I got on an airplane with a bong and a fucking bag and a bag of weed in my pocket. So that was 1999. Little did he know, two, two years, years later, later, boom, buddy. never yeah. again, dude, never again. But that's, I mean, so it got that rock star for a while, and then, uh, you know, like I said, the Run DMC, the Foo Fighters, shit yeah. like that, and then it just. It just seemed like it went on for like it was about four or five year run, and then ninety uh, nine was a big year for me, and then uh, ended up coming back to Maryland on a vacation and met a girl kind of thing, and then I thought you were gonna say like blew out a knee or something. No, didn't no nothing like that, but it was uh, yeah, not yeah, going <laughs> but um, it no, it was just a matter of yeah. the California thing was like getting a lot you know but i'll tell you what man during that last bit it was really neat because uh i was you know i'm friends with bucky lassick who's a yeah. big famous skateboarder from maryland and uh when Just tony when tony hawk's video game came out yeah. i was playing all the beta copies of it and That's no one wild. knew it was coming out yeah i'm sitting in bucky's house playing his character mm-hmm. right just it was only we could only play like two screens it was like school and something else a special character of you no fuck i was not on that there you go with that a list b list d list shit <laughs> like the pot dealer i am like you on the oh line, right right you know, yeah there you like go the Unlocked. long border guy who like shows up hey, oh man, this, like, bag? i got this bag of weed like hey you want to do a layback yeah like big you, bert slide you want me to say how to do a bert yeah like big bert right there at sadlands yeah i'll 
<laughs> See, that's me at Nude Bowl right there doing the fakie thruster. Where's Nude Bowl? Nude Bowl's in the desert out towards Palm Springs. Word. It's awesome. It's a neat experience. I did get naked and skated, too. It was an old nudist colony. Who's, oh, who's that famous dude who always did a 540 naked? Bill Weiss. Bill Weiss, but Dave Maxwell, Science Fair. You're probably thinking of Science Fair. His name was like Bruce something. Bruce Martin. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Martin, Skatopia. You'd always 88 Acres of Anarchy. You ever see that documentary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Bruce Martin. Yeah, he would get naked. Yeah. Bill Weiss was the first. He'd be naked 540s a lot. Yeah. And then, but... Yeah, so that that took a run of like after that took off, dude. It was no looking back, and and you know what? I, I never set out for that, but it That's just like became that. Part, man. So and and then when I came back to Maryland, I started trying to find my way. Now what am I doing? Yeah. Like, and so I started teaching skate camps and directing skate That's camps. Amazing that you could do that. And. With my name and the, the little bit of clout I had, I kind of, and it's my cool. networking abilities. Yeah, but it's cool that skateboarding was, like, big enough at the time that that was, like, a thing. Totally. You oh, know? so to, real quick to finish off that thing, I played all the, I played Bucky, I played at Tony's house, I played his beta character, and at Bob Burnquist's house, I played his beta character. Oh, you Bob? Yeah, yeah, Dude. yeah, because, well, he was, yeah, his baby's like mom was Jen O'Brien, who's a friend of ours. She and, skates, too, doesn't Yeah, she? Florida girl, but they're not together yeah. anymore, but... But that was you his. You never went down to Brazil. I you? never went to Brazil. No, okay. I wish, man. But do you have any Bob stories? Because that suit, he seems like a like an eccentric and he, like the he, truest. Yeah, form he of the is. World. But like it, it was like, nothing. I don't have like Bob. Okay. I I was literally in Bob's house while he yeah. was on tour, oh, okay. and his wife was cooking yeah. us a dinner. Me and Matt Dove, and. Uh, we're sitting there, and he had the video game sitting there, and okay. she's like, "Yeah, go ahead. That's Bob's." That's cool. Yeah, it was cool, man. But but long story, um, it was an amazing time. I because of longboarding, I happened to be up in San Francisco in '99. I was at the X Games. I was right on the side of the ramp with Bucky's wife and everyone when Tony Hawk did the 900. Yeah, I was. Oh wait, you were there. I was six feet. You know the classic footage where they all run yeah. on the ramp and they pick them up and they're. Yeah. I'm. You're I'm looking. There. Here's the camera guy filming yeah. that. I'm right here. Like I, I watch alternative angles trying when Tony yeah. Hawk's new documentary See, out because all the angles, all the cameras were shooting because the crowd was on the other side. Yeah. Friends and family are over here. It was mellow people that weren't mm. trying to be on TV. You know, it was yeah. all like the, the kids and shit. Like it was VIP friends and family. Yeah. So they weren't filming us. They were all filming that what you saw. Yeah. And, uh, I one of my biggest regrets. I didn't realize the the magnitude of the history that was happening at that moment. Because man, they've mo that's some, one of the most replayed things on like X Gate Ever. history. Yeah. And I was like six feet away. I'm like, damn it! If I'd have just jumped on there and grabbed him, yeah. yeah, you could have <laughs> run out there in the pile, man. It's I should have just piled on, on. right, yeah. right. But but getting to know meet him and all has been amazing. It trips me out knowing Tony Hawk is really cool and getting to war. So when I got back here, I taught skate have camps. You met Riley, by the way. When he was a kid, when he was little. That dude's a freaking boss now. Yeah. Like, boss. In all the ways, right? Yeah, like Tony's his dad, so it kind of makes sense. Well, skateboarding, like, music, I mean, just dating yeah. Kurt Cobain's daughter. <laughs> like, he's oh, just yeah. a pit. What's her name? Uh, what's it, Francis Bean? 
Yeah, that's wild. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they've that, been together a couple years now. That's a man. badass couple, man. Yeah, it's a power couple, right? <laughs> that's actually extremely rock and roll. I bet, that's, I bet you they yeah. can get some fucking dinner reservations. <laughs> Hopefully they don't go the Tommy Lee route. No, no, I doubt. They seem like they are yeah. way not. I, I heard him on a... Oh, no, I'm mixing him up with um, the other kid who's exact same age actually we're all the same age because we're all born around 90 but um the other kid who was super super famous skateboarder um in the mtv show ryan uh, sheckler ryan ryan yeah ryan sheckler yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. he's kind of got his shit together right now he yeah, just had sounds, a kid and he's married now he's like and, sober and, and, and he's well yeah he's doing like, well so um, that was so when i came back and did that and then i emceed I was emceeing events with a Red Bull halfpipe on the East Coast with Tony and Bucky and all these guys. I was teaching, and then what was happening is it was I was skating, and my wife's going back to work. My son's born. I'm fucking, I'm yeah. a stay-at-home dad, taking my kid to skate backyard pools. My son was in Thrasher when he was three, like bailing a backyard Have pool. Jake Phelps? Um, not met, met, been around. I've been in the same. Yeah, I mean, Are I don't. Familiar with the show epically later. Yeah, yeah. Did dude, they do one on Jake? Dude, that changed like my life. That might actually be the main reason I do this podcast. Oh wow, okay. Literally, yeah. other than my diabolical lack of friends. No, I didn't. I, I don't want to say but, I know Jake because I didn't. But okay. he but he wouldn't have liked episodes, He wouldn't seriously. have liked me. Tell you the truth, because. We well, you guys couldn't get a word in it edgewise. <laughs> like seriously, I would have ended up <laughs> punching him in the face. That truth, <laughs> yeah. knowing what I know, but but like, yeah, because like, look, dude, and this is gonna go back to a the beginning thing. In my things to say about him, so I get it. But right, because well, I'm gonna tell you what. Th th there's a thing about skateboarding, and it's it's very clicky, but it's also very close-minded about things. And there's yeah. to do what I've done to pick up a weird shape board. To fucking go race. Like, that's my slalom board. That's my bank slalom board yeah. right there. That was designed. Like, look all under there, all slalom boards and different. Yeah, yeah. I ride every type of skateboard, and I love it. And it, it was an accident. I told you how I discovered it. Up until that day, I, I was like high. Jake would have been very anti that. He was way anti that. They like would, dude, they literally discussed and talked. They would not put longboarding in skateboarding yeah, magazines. I, I do remember vaguely. Uh, yeah there like was that. they would like, not it was it was they considered it not skating not, basically not cool like, what do you mean yeah it yeah. wasn't cool and it's like bro i remember in that episode like jake was big into vert skating which I actually and i skated I, vert with half have, the, my con I tomorrow morning i have one of the greatest vert I, skaters i appreciate that about thrasher that they weren't like straight up no nah, fuck vert skating but it sounded like they were like completely pro vert skating to the point that like it took Jake a while to like come around to any other type of skating. Yeah, I mean he, which is ironic. He's in, he was bigger, biggest in so many ever. ways. He was very amazing for our sport. He but was an encyclopedia, and I mean, oh, he I, did have that brain. He was like, he is encyclopedia bond, brain. Yeah, yes, which is he was yeah. maybe similar to Dennis. Again, shut up. Yeah, yeah, got that memory. But, but to go back, like it, 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 we wouldn't know, like I said, I I took my path and made it mine. And like I said, mm -hmm. it started off as almost a coattail rider and with yeah. Derek and Bucky and these guys opening doors for me. But I wasn't on that level of those guys. Dude, I, I, I couldn't have been in the X Games. I wasn't that good. I could fucking rip. 
I could yeah. a mini. They didn't have mini ramp in the X Games, they you know. Should, dude. But what happened is, I, but what happened is, the the skating evolved around me because while I was off traveling the world on yeah. this fucking longboarding excursion, living in my own bubble of what was rad and being really rad at it, right? Yeah. Like that. Look, that's a frontside rock in a pool. That was a giant poster in Japan. And well, see that that VHS cover, that guy stand up grinding on a longboard, the yeah. white T-shirt. That's me, right? In that ocean next that to Ocean extremely Bowl, extremely seventies, which is funny because well, I'm sure it was nineties. That was nineties, but that's that's the fucking round wall pocket wall at Burnside. That's a that's me five stand up five oh grinding. That's a forty two inch fucking surfboard. Yeah, I'm, that's a frontside stand up grind at burnside and yeah. then that made the cover of that thing like i it wasn't just fucking that. pushing around sidewalk sir because what happened is i started off pushing around sidewalk surfing yeah. and then i just tried to develop all my old school mentality skating tricks well, and then like i morphed them together you're like a niche pro skater and I then I, I mean then i was like well maybe we can three i can 360 flip well not right now but i 360 flip that board that 39 inch board right there I've tray flipped that board. Like yeah, I'll show you a video. If you can 360 flip this Tony Hawk board right now, I will shotgun a beer. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> it would not be pretty, bro. Right? I know. Hey, about pretty, man. It, I, first of all, we would have to go to Shrimp. We have to go to the skate park. Oh I, yeah, you live next to Shrimp. Yeah, down. I need. I need a fucking. You know that I need a bank to flat so I can get a little bit of projection. <laughs> I need a little boost now, yeah. dude. Hey man, but I would give her a shot. I try to tray flip that thing for you. Yeah. When we don't break it. When we skate, not that board. I, yeah. I'll break. I got a bunch of these Bucky boards. I've been, this is what I ride now. Wow, you have a pile of those things. I'm yeah, sure. I ride those. I, that's Did what's Bucky in my car. No, just connections. Just to, yeah, homies. Yeah. If I ask him, he give them. What um? Uh, but since, since since we're here, should we give a quick shout out to any of the local skate shops that either you rep or you're friends with? Well, definitely. Um, I definitely want it to be known that the. You know the View Skate Shop was my Hell yeah View because I was going to mention the View Skate Shop view, Gary yeah. Smith, Garrett. Yeah. When I when I stopped doing my skate camps in Ocean Bowl, mm. I kind of p- passed the torch to Gary, mm. and I gave him the Gary, and now Gary has run them successfully for it's some crate since uh, I I gave them to Gary in like oh seven or oh eight. Yeah, that sounds about the time I had, I saw him, like I was skating at Charm City. And then one that's day, the other one, Jason and, Chapman, Charm City. Like I saw that's Gary the homie skating one day. Yeah. So the, those two places are my main go tos. Ch- uh, Chappy, Jason Chapman, shout out Charm City. He's got he's going to be on the show soon because he's got a new uh, heat transfer, mm-hmm. um, a press for skateboards where he can do one offs. So if you go in with your part time log yeah. part time well, rock star heat transfer for shirts. Yeah. okay well he's got a board press one or something That's so amazing. he he can that. make one-off skateboards now Dude, so if we can make like somehow like a cabbage i'm part, already working on them for you yeah, part-time yeah. rock star ah right right board. right yeah there you go be like i don't even know but no i love it they gotta like, be green uh you know <laughs> That's oh, yeah. my thing in the patch, man. The I, I hope you get a tribute board. That would be amazing. Yeah. My my actual hope is that I get a tribute beer. Tribute beer. Get one right there. Uh, well, I didn't mean right this moment. Oh, oh, meant, oh, like, oh, you meant right. So my friends in Old Eastern um, got a like a band beer. Oh, rad. Foghound got one, too. Yeah. And yeah, it was man. wild because they didn't even tell me. I went in the liquor store. Oh, and wow. I he saw, saw like their beer sitting on the shelf, and I was like blown away. So like, 
Old Eastern on it. Like, what was what's the brewery? What who made it? I think it was Mobtown. Okay, right. Hopefully it's Mobtown because otherwise I, I like the speed wobbles. I've been drinking those. Yeah, those are great. That's yeah. key brewing, right? Key brewing, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been yeah. drinking I'm those. I'm a massive beer snob. So oh, yeah. like, uh, I didn't know what to get you because I, I, I stopped to get some beer on the way and I know I hear you on the shows. You're always drinking like different beers. And you, I know you know about a lot of beer. Oh, so yeah, I, mean, I was like, well, I can't go wrong with some duck pins and some Sam Adams. Oh, no, you're, you're fine. I Honestly, because of Sunrider, I was going to pick up like a case of Natty Light. I drink the, Yeah, I drink it whatever. Um, I don't really, but I don't like stouts. I don't like Guinness. It's weird. The only thing, ironically, I brought a sour. But I don't really yeah, usually I don't, like sours. Yeah, I don't. Um, but you know what? Later, later in life, I'm more a liquor dude nowadays. If I go out, yeah. I'm drinking mixed drink drinks, and I do yeah. shots and stuff. I, I'm I a get, liquor guy. I get what I call the natty splatties. Yeah. So I, if I drink liquor, besides natty light. But so yeah, so I guess man, like I kind of hit on a lot of the good elements of who I am and what I'm about, you know, musically yeah. and all. Um, that's you know, a pretty good synopsis. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could go on, dude. The oh, stories. I I, what I'm thinking though is like, I could easily do good. my I'm, own part two I'm of calling this me. part one. Yeah, this is part one. So let's so. let's phase this out, and then let's go over and pick this up over in the patch. That would be amazing, dude. We'll do that. Oh yeah, we've been going right. for like two hours. Yeah, let's pick uh, it up over in the patch, and we'll ra- and we'll talk a little bit longer over there, and we'll wrap it up over on that podcast. So yeah, thanks for listening. The song that you're hearing is by Cabbage's new band, With Rod, and the song is called Gone Too Long. It's available on Bandcamp. And uh, yeah, have a good weekend.
Yeah.